news of the gospel. And tonight, I believe it's fitting in light of, um, of having testimonies in a baptismal service to look at the marks of a true Christian. I believe, to me, one of the saddest verses in the Bible is Matthew chapter 7 and verse 21. Jesus is concluding his Sermon on the Mount. He um, has taught many, many principles. And in verse 21... He says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you, Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness or work iniquity. I cannot, I cannot even fathom the reality of what these verses portray here. The agony and the grief that, that someone had deceived themselves to think that they were a follower of Christ. And then to find out that God said, no, I never knew you. You never were a child of mine. And they, they could say, but I did. And they list all these works that they did. But he said, no, you, you are not a child of mine. And this morning we went over the gospel. It's, it's understanding that... I am personally responsible for my sin. There is nothing I can do about my sin. I cannot erase it. I cannot hide it. And that Jesus Christ alone paid the penalty for my sin. And he took my place. And I must repent, turn from my sin to Jesus Christ, and trust him completely. These testimonies tonight... In, in their testimony said, I came to a point where I realized what we just said, and I've trusted in Christ, and now I want you to know I have identified with Christ's death, his burial going under the water, and his resurrection alone for the forgiveness of my sin. And when a person has fully trusted Christ as Savior, um, it will be manifested in their life. A true follower of Christ is not one that prays a prayer and then has their insurance policy and stick it in their pocket and goes on living the same way they've always lived. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. He's the new creation. God begins changing and rearranging their life. And he, he begins molding them and drawing them. And a true follower of Christ will eventually in their life, there will be marked changes in their life. Some of them may happen immediately. 
And some of them, it may be over time, but there will be definite changes in their life. And we want to look at some of these tonight, and, and we'll give Scripture that you can go look them up. But number one, a true follower of Christ has a new love for Scripture. When there is life, there is a desire to preserve it, and that can only happen through the reading of God's Word. As we, we looked in our study in Peter, as newborn babes desire the milk, so we as believers, newborn, born again, born spiritually, as believers, we desire the milk of the Word. If, if um, the Stearns and the Hendricks with their new babies all of a sudden said, they have no desire for the milk, they wouldn't say, oh, that's all right. That would cause an alarm because that isn't natural. That isn't normal. And for someone to say, I am a follower of Christ and have no desire for the Word of God, that's not right. That's not normal. It's not natural. When we receive Christ as Savior, the Spirit of God dwells within us. The Spirit of God is the author of the Bible. The Spirit of God is given to guide us into truth. The Spirit of God, if we are truly a child of God, will direct us to the Bible. He will create in us a desire to read the Scriptures, to, to study the Scriptures. Honestly, a person that has no desire for the Word, I mean in a, in a personal manner, a person that has no desire for the Word better check their life to see if there's spiritual life there. I mean, if there is no desire, it's a pretty good indication that, that there is no life. So, there is a new love of Scripture. Secondly, there is a new awareness of right and wrong. In Hebrews, it tells us that the Spirit of God is given unto us, and He guides us into truth. And in Hebrews, it says that everyone who partakes of the milk of the Word <coughs> will grow... But if all we stay at is at the milk of the Word, we are unskillful in the use of the Word, and we remain a babe, and we have not exercised our senses to discern both good and evil. The Spirit of God dwells within us when we trust Christ as Savior. And so, the Spirit of God is our teacher, and He starts dealing with things in our life and saying, Hey, that thought, that, that wasn't a good thought. Your, your attitude right here, you need to change. He starts pinpointing things in our life. It's called the conviction of the Spirit. He starts saying, this is something you need to, to add to your life. This is something you need to put into your life. The Spirit of God convicts. And we have a new awareness of right and wrong. When a person comes to know Christ as Savior, there, there's things that didn't bother them before. There'll be a new awareness. 
it was always a joy to me when when we were able to go to the juvenile detention center when it was here in town and every Friday go over there and share the gospel and to see see young people respond to the gospel and then you go back a week or two later and and they'd come up to you and they'd say I don't know what's going on in me but you know things that never bothered me before they're really bothering me and in my spirit I'd think wow this this kid really got it because there's they have a new awareness of right and wrong it didn't come from some preacher telling them this is right this is wrong it came from the spirit of god we hadn't been around them all week and there is when we are a follower of jesus christ have truly trusted him there is a new awareness of right and wrong and and it is, we will know it in our own personal life. Thirdly, there is a new desire to be like Christ. The Christian life, we often quote Romans 8.28, we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. We often quote that when bad things happen, things that we don't like happen. But we often don't go on to the next verse that says, verse 29 of Romans 8, For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate. He predetermined that we should be conformed to the image of his Son. So, what he's saying there is, everyone that trusts Christ for the forgiveness of sin... God has predetermined that everyone, He would start a work in them to make us more like Christ in our life. And Philippians 1.6 says, He that begins a good work in you will continue that work. So, there will be in a believer, the Spirit of God will be moving them toward developing attitudes and practices and characteristics that reflect the character of Christ. There will be an evidence of Christ-likeness, and there will be a desire. I don't want to be like Mike anymore. I want to be like Christ. Those of you that are too young to know Michael Jordan, everybody was, I want to be like Mike, be like Mike. No, you want to be like Christ. That's what, that's what the goal is. That's what, that's what our desire is. Someone that doesn't have Christ, that's not, that's not the desire. Number four, there will be a new love for Christians. 1 John chapter 3, the, the whole book of 1 John talks about, um, gives evidences of being a follower of Christ, and one of them that he reiterates over and over and over again in the book of First John is that if you truly love God, you will love your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. And if you say, he says in First John, if you say you love God and despise your brother, he said you're a liar and the truth is not in you. Now, 
that puts the rubber where it meets the road, doesn't it? Because the fact of the matter is, there's a lot of weird Christians, right? And every time you look in the mirror, every time I look in the mirror, I'm looking at one, all right? And yet at the same time, when we are truly a follower of Christ, we'll have a desire to gather with other believers, to fellowship with other believers. Why? Because the old saying, birds of a feather flock together. A couple Sunday nights ago, we talked about what we have in common as believers. We, we have common sin and common grace and common salvation and a common goal. I mean, we should have a desire. A true follower of Christ has a desire to fellowship with others and to learn to love. Does that mean that you'll naturally love every believer? No, but we should have the Spirit of God at work in our heart to grow to love other believers. You know, I, I have people tell me, um, I don't have to be a, I don't have to go to church to be a Christian. No, you don't have to. But you have to, you have to fellowship with believers, go to church to be an obedient Christian because he commands it to. Now, I'm preaching to the choir here tonight, all right? You're here. But the thing is, and it's not just being at church. It's all of these things together give evidence that there is life here. Um, my wife likes to garden, and she would tell you, I'm quoting her, that she doesn't have a green thumb, okay? But she has a determined spirit that she will not quit until she gets it to grow. And we have, we have plants that we bring in to our dining room in late fall, and they're there all winter, and, and most of them survive, all right? But there's some that get looking pretty bad, and, and I'll see her go up, and, and just the other day, there's one that it may be gone. And I said, boy, this isn't looking good. And she said, yeah, I think it's dead. And she went up, and she snapped the twig off of it, and she said, oh, there's some green in there. Maybe it's not dead. She was looking for evidence of life in that. What we're talking about here tonight, I think sometimes God snaps us, so to speak, to see if there's evidence of genuine... He knows, but He's revealing to us. And evidence of genuine life, there may be times that it looks a little dormant, but if there is genuine life, God is going to, to work to bring it to fruition Every one of those in Matthew chapter 7 never had genuine life. They, they may have done good things, but they never had given control of it. They never had turned from their sin and trusted in Jesus Christ alone. 
these that we mentioned, they aren't things that you do to earn your salvation. They are evidences that you are saved. And a genuine Christian will have a love for other believers. Number five, a genuine Christian has a new desire to share Christ. Why? Because, look at, I, I have peace in my heart. I, I have um, the knowledge that my sin is forgiven. There is no condemnation. This is good news. Every one of us, when something good happens, we have a desire to share it. And this, a genuine Christian, has a desire. There's a prompting of God's Spirit that we desire to share Christ. In Acts chapter 4, Peter and John were sharing Christ. And they came and said, you are forbidden to do this. And, and we'll let you go if you promise to not talk of Jesus anymore. And they said, we cannot help but speak and say the things which we have seen and known, and that is Jesus Christ. We can't stop talking about this. A genuine Christian has the desire to share Christ. And a genuine Christian, number six, may have a new rejection from unbelievers. Again, we go back to 1 Peter. He said to them in, P in, in the letter that he wrote, he said, there are people that think it's strange that you don't run with them to the same way of life that you used to run. You used to go partying and carousing and, and telling dirty jokes and all of that. I mean, your life has changed and they think it's strange, Peter said. And many times they may choose to not be around you anymore. And it may not be because you're preaching to them. It may be. It's just things have changed in your life. You're living for a different master than you were before. And it's not so much you need to tell them, no, I can't be around you. We want to be around them. We want to be an influence to them. But they may say to you, or they may say by their actions, well, we're going someplace else. Read the passage in Peter and, and understand that. Why? Because there's been a change. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. And it ought to be a better creature if we're in Christ. There's one other. It's not up here. But number seven... If you are a true follower of Christ, there will be the chastening of God in your life. Whom the Lord loves, he spanks, or disciplines, or corrects. And those times are not fun times, but they're times that confirm to us that we are a child of God. God says... I don't correct the child that's not mine. Many of you have been in a store and it would have loved to correct the child that's not yours, right? But most of us have our hands full just correcting our own kids, let alone our own selves. 
But an evidence that we are truly a child of God is that there will be times that God corrects us. I, and he uses various means of correcting. Um, I can vividly remember my, my dad giving me the eye. You know what that is. Well, it's really bad when you get the eye from the pulpit, you know. We usually sat right down here and Gunner and Hogan get some of their behavior naturally, okay? And the reality is, God loves to correct us with just the eye. But I have to say my dad didn't just correct me with the eye. There were other times that the eye didn't work, the snapping the finger didn't work. There were times that I knew I was getting corrected. The Board of Education to the Seat of Learning. And the reality is, there's times in our life God looks at us, so to speak, or He puts His finger on us, and, and if we're wise, we say, you're right, and we ought to say, thank you that I'm a member of your family, that you're correcting. And there are times that we go on our way and God has to get a little more intrusive in our lives. And there are times that God lets us go our own way and He turns us over to the reproofs of life. You're bound to go that way? Go that way and see how it works. And, and I want to let you know, God says, I'll be here when you come back. But there is chastening of God. All of these things deal are evidences that we are genuine believers. Again, many, not a few, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, we did all these works in your name. Or, Lord, Lord, they, may, they undoubtedly will say, we prayed a prayer. If, if you prayed a prayer and there is not change in your life, something's wrong. Lord, we did all these things, and he will say, depart from me. Again, I can't think of anything that is more devastating and agonizing to be deceived all our lives, and at the very end to realize the truth that we weren't a child of God. If you're here tonight and you say, you know what, I don't I don't." see evidences that I'm a Christian. You may be a member of this church and say, I don't, I don't really see evidences in my life that I'm a Christian. I, I'd encourage you to cry out to God for mercy. I'd encourage you to, to seek help. This is, this, is, this is not anything to mess with. The last thing... The last thing that I would want is to see anybody here tonight someday stand before God and have Him say, I never knew you. So the point is not to take these and, and look, I wonder what, wonder what that guy, I don't see any fruit in him. No, the point is not examining others. The point is examining self. Heavenly Father, I pray... 
that truly you would help us to examine ourselves, as you tell us in your word, to see if we are in the faith, to see are there evidences that we are a child of you. And Lord, I pray that if there are any here tonight that don't know you, I pray tonight they would call unto you for mercy, that they would seek you with all their heart. And Lord, I pray tonight that you would do a work in every one of our hearts. Lord, I pray for everyone here that is a believer. May we have a renewed appreciation for the changes that you have brought and are bringing in our lives. And Lord... May there be evidences of our life in our life that would glorify you. Lord, thank you 